Our guest is in the building, Cesar Mpofu Walsh, South yes. African author, musician, activist. He was president of the UCT Students Representative Council in 2010, where he earned his honors degree in polit- politics, philosophy, and economics in 2012. Mm. He holds a Master of Philosophy from the University of Oxford, mm. earned with distinction, Tata I say. Boy. Might mm. I say. Tata. Yeah, old chap. <laughs> in 2016, he won the City Press Tafelberg Award for his book, Democracy and Delusion, mm. which recently hit the shelves. He was part of the hip-hop group Entity, which I interviewed on YFM <laughs> um, about 12, 13 years ago. Yep. Alongside AKA and Ntlantle McKenna. Mm. In 2014, his article titled Essays Three-Way Split predicted that South African politics would split into three poles. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for the one, the only, Cesar Bofu Walsh. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> Hello, Cs. How are you, Fresh? I'm good. Good to see you after these 12 years. I was about to say, I mean, you, a.k.a. Ntlant, yep. because we kids on the interview. I was about to ask. We he were. looks like he's 12. If yeah. you interviewed him 12 years ago. He looked five I then. must have been like good minus Lord. three. <laughs> Oh, man. Tell us about that journey at that at that at that time. Looking at where you are, sure. where AKA is, where Atlanta is right now. You know, it was it was a whirlwind of a journey. Yes, I think fame is one of the most dangerous things mm-hmm. in it's the world. Evil. It's mm-hmm. evil, and it's even more evil when you're really young. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, we weren't like huge, but we we achieved some level of notoriety. Yeah. And yeah. it was quite a difficult difficult thing to negotiate at the time. Mm. Uh, and I think that's why we all went a lot of different ways. Sure. But are, know, are you guys still in touch? Not so much, actually. Yeah. I, I'm in, still in touch with Ntlantla a lot. In mm. fact, he's on, on the album that goes with the book Democracy and Delusion. Sure. Um, but yeah, I spoke to I spoke to Kiernan for the first time in like four years mm. uh, recently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, does he ever wish that uh, he went into academia? Do you ever wish you went into rap? Um, at the know, levels that you're both at right now? Sure. I, I don't know uh, about him. Um, but me, not so much. Um, coming back to music was was a conscious decision. Mm. Sure. Um, but I'm really proud of the things that he's done and the things Ntlantla has done. He's he's a lawyer and a filmmaker. And so I think we've all done important things in, in our lives, respectively. Sure. Yeah. Having uh, tasted fame at such a, a young age, and you, you said that it, it can be addictive and it can be evil sure. at the same time. Why the decision to actually turn your back on it, having tasted it? Because a lot of people are on Instagram and social media and all these other things because they're chasing fame. You tasted it sure. and yet you decided to turn your back on it and go into academia. Yeah, it was actually... At the end of, of my matric year, I went to live in the, the rural Eastern Cape for a year mm. with my family. And, and that really changed my outlook on, on the country, on, you know, what needs to be done in South Africa. And it just felt to me at the time as though the hip hop world wasn't where you could make the most change. Mm. And academics have always been an important thing in my family. You know, yes. my father yeah. being someone, the first in his family to go to university. My mother was also a, a lecturer. Mm. So that was always impressed upon me that education was really important. And so it's difficult to manage a music career and an academic career. So we mm. had to choose. Mm. And that, oh, that was... Oh, is that why my family law lecturer was so upset? Because I was trying to be a lawyer and I was DJing. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> is this yeah. what she was talking about? Yeah. It all makes sense now. You know, I'm going to expose myself. I wasn't aware who you are. Sure. Uh, whose son you are yeah. 
Yeah. I'm looking at your book and I see a surname and I'm looking at your face. I'm seeing your it, father. You see it's, yeah. And yeah. just a yellow bone now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And everyone says, oh, fan not data, man. Anyway, so mm. my question is, what are uh, the, what there's pros, pros, pros and, and cons. What are the pros and cons mm. of being Dalimpofu's son? Thank you, Fresh. <laughs> or like an old couple. I finish off your sentence. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know. I mean, on the one hand, there are benefits that go with it. For example, everyone thinks that I can just somehow sue them. And I'm so like, you can't? <laughs> I'm okay, like, so that's not how... Bring the out the law. real question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's like not how the law works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because he, he happens to be a good lawyer. But, um, and you know, it opens... Advocate. 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 SC. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and it obviously opens a lot of doors. Sometimes people listen to you because they know where you come from. Mm. At the same time, it, it can often, you know, remove your agency. People yes. think that I wrote this book because my father was sitting behind me telling me what to sure. say. Mm. And, you know, often you can be cast in a shadow. But mm. I'm very proud of the things that he's done. And what I've done in, in, in the album that goes with this book is really try to tell his story. Because sure. a lot of people don't know where he came from to get to where he, he's got. 641 Metro FM. This is Fresh Breakfast. We are celebrating Sizwe Mpofu Walsh. Now, being the son of a prominent man, yeah. like you're saying, has its pros and cons. Mm. How did his leaving the ANC, going to the EFF, affect yeah. you directly or indirectly? It had already, And did it close yeah. any doors? Sure. I mean, I think a lot of people's trajectories are linked up with the ANC, and that's a big reason why people are afraid to leave, because sure. they're worried about their own personal mm-hmm. well-being. Yeah, bread and butter politics. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I was in Oxford when he called me. And he said, Cheers listen. Uh, I like you know, how I he casually throws well, you know, But he did go truth, to Oxford. Yes. You know, mm. I mean. I drove, I drove past. <laughs> and, and he was there with me. I drove on, on Oxford. Oxford, in, Oxford Road. This Oxford one, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, you're on the wrong Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. And, and he was like, listen, um, especially after the Marikana, because he was part of the commission and he sure. saw a lot mm. of things. And he was like, listen, um, it's it's time for me to leave. And even then I was like, wow. Does, you, he, does he ever ask you sure. for advice? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, we talk about politics all the time. Sure. Every every moment that we're together is pretty much political or mm-hmm. laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, or asking son, why did you get married at the age of 22? <laughs> He's married? Yeah. He's married! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for He's six years! He's 28! <laughs> Crazy, yeah, hey? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes, that's what I, I said to him, he must be the face of Kosa Man. He's, he's, he's broken that stereotype yes, that yes. all Kosa Men are like, Kosa Men can no, no, be no. faithful. He's the, good, well. he's the good boy. Did you feel any <laughs> fear uh, when he said to you, I'm leaving the ANC? Or did you understand and you knew that, listen, we might be on our own, mm. but it has to happen? Look, I, I understood. Yeah. I had seen a lot of what he had seen, particularly with Maragana. Sure. But I was worried for him. And mm. as I say, you know, it's a big step to take. And it's something that's very uncertain. And mm. for a while, he was very unpopular with a lot of people. Mm. Sure. But I think his decision has been vindicated in recent years. And I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, there are not a lot of people in South Africa t- who today who are on the right side of history before 94 and mm. after 94. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think he can count himself as one of the few. When we come back, we're going to talk about Caesar's brand new book and album. In fact, we're going to play you a song from there straight after this. Right now, the Comedy Minute out of Malawi. This is Daliso Chaponda. 6.47, hashtag Mad About Africa, hashtag Fresh Breakfast. We're hanging out with Sizwe Mpofu Walsh. What song is this that we're about to play, uh, Sis? We're about to play a song called Imbilendao, and it relates to the first chapter in the Democracy and Delusion book about service delivery. Thank you. 
because it's okay for hip hop to be woke. Mm-hmm. We're hanging out with Caesar and Bofu oh, yes. Walsh. Tell us about the tune, brother man. You know, the, the aim with this album was to make Struggle Songs 2.0. Yes. To try and paint a new struggle for a new generation and, and the music that goes with it. Yes. And so I wanted to take like a traditional struggle song, and then put a hip-hop beat over it yeah. to try and reinterpret that, that genre of music for a new generation. Now, growing up, did you understand that I'm born into the struggle? Like, fr- from what age... Did you wake up to that reality? Absolutely. Like, I have pictures of myself at two years old with an afro yes. in an ANC t-shirt. Sure. You know, my, my parents mm-hmm. met in the struggle. Mm. I was born through the struggle. Sure. And so it's just always been a fundamental part of everything that's about our family, everything that's that's about me. And, you know, my parents named me Sizwe Sandile when sure. I was when I was born. Uh, mm. Before I post question, someone on WhatsApp says, why the double barrel surname? Ah, I get that a lot. And, okay, Mbofu, I guess people know. but If you don't, uh, he's advocate uh, Dalim Mbofu's son. <laughs> Just in case you didn't pick that up. Uh, yes. And uh, Walsh is actually my mother, and I was really raised by my mother. Mm. And I thought it was important to also honor the role that she played in my life, mm. particularly sure. the fact that I'm always seen through the prism of my father. Sure. And so I wanted her name there to also say that, you know, raised by a single mother, it's important people realize mm. that's who, who, who was... Mm. Did, did, did you ever get flagged for double barreling incident? I did, I did, and I still do. I think a lot of people think that I'm actually trying to add some new dimension to my surname. You think at Lever Black? Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. The, the reason is really is really to honor the role that my mom played in my life. Mm. Wow. Okay, um, sorry, I need to take you back to your, your youth days because a bit earlier on we were talking about youth right now and politics and I'd asked you off air and I think you, you yeah. said something that was very interesting and I think it, it would be great to have it said on air. Do you think it is fair for older people to actually believe that the youth of today do not care about politics in the country? Sure, I don't think so. What I think is really happening is that young people are so sophisticated with the way that they're consuming messages that political messages haven't really caught up. Mm. And we have a big responsibility to package and present political messages in a way that's beautiful to young people. And that's partly why I thought an album was important to go with this book because you can read all you like, but ultimately politics has to inspire you and you have to feel something. And it's it's a very difficult environment right now with all the messages coming at young people to inspire them. So we have to do a lot of work to really make sure the issues that matter to them are presented to them in a way that excites them. And mm. politics can't just be about the struggle. There's sure, there are a lot of issues that, that affect young people right now. And I think once people realize how much they directly affect their lives, mm. then you know the, 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 the snowball effect starts to take place. 6.54, we are celebrating Caesar Mbofu Walsh. The album is out in stores. The book is also out in stores. Get yourself a copy, Democracy and Delusion. Now, you were president of the UCTSRC in 2010. That's right. What were some of your learnings from being a leader at that level? Yeah. And if you were to be president today, mm. what would happen? Well, in terms of being SRC president, uh, the SRC that I was on was one of the first ones to really tackle this question of fees. So I learned a lot about the fees question, about Mm -hmm. how universities actually pretend as if they are on top of the numbers, but most of it is just lies. Mm. Uh, And in the book, I have a a chapter that talks about how free education is more than possible. Okay. So So why is it not happening? Well, people have fallen into this lie that it's uh, expensive mm. and it's unachievable. But in the book, I go through exactly how it could work and how relatively cheap it is. Could, if you, I, could you break it down just roughly? 
Well, Hence um, I said, if you were president today, if, how if, would you do it? If I were president today, yes. I would pick up a copy of Democracy and Delusion by Cesar What would I learn from it? Because I speak about land reform, how that can work. I speak about free education. I charter a way that that could work. I speak mm. about how the state could participate in the economy, generate greater revenues to invest in education and, and welfare. Sure. So it takes a while. There are some detailed arguments, but mm. the first thing I would read is Democracy and Delusion because the book not only talks about our problems, but it proposes new and fresh solutions mm. To, mm. to the main challenges. So how facing. would you propose, for instance, dealing with the land issue? You know, land is, is a thorny question, but yeah. one thing a lot of people don't understand is that in the, the former homelands, mm. there are people who occupy land but who don't own land. Mm. So when I go home, Ezlalin, for example, mm. anyone who lives in a rural area is already on the land, mm. but they still don't own the land. Mm -hmm. They just have occupancy rights. What I would do tomorrow is give 20 million people title to the land that they're already on. Mm. And then 20 That's million already people the 20 million have land. And leverage. And you didn't have to kick anyone off any land. Of mm. course, I still think we should at some point with commercial agricultural land, mm. uh, redistribute land. But those are solutions that a lot of people aren't talking about. That would give people assets mm. in their hand that they could trade, that they could use. Mm. So that's one of the things I propose in the book that I think is a crucial solution in the short term. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you, you are often seen via the prism of your father. Mm. And there's a lot of people who uh, look at the, the struggle princelings, as they call them. Yeah. As, as people that are just entitled, they don't really go out and, you know, stand on their own two feet. They benefit from, you know, the, the surname that they carry. Sure. How important was it that you, you go into UCT and you go into politics yourself? Yeah. You have a track record. You write the book. You go to get your doctorates and, 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 and whatnot to actually separate yourself from the man your father is mm -hmm. and the man that you aim to be. Well, you know, we've been having a lot of discussions in South Africa about patriarchy, especially. And, you know, I think seeing people through the man in their life or the dominant father in their life is a way of, you know, only in emphasizing the importance of men in people's lives. Mm. Um, so that's just the one thing on that. The other thing is it is really important for me to chart my own path. Look, I know a lot of people are just going to take a shortcut and say, oh, darling, Bofusan, OK, I'm done with it. But writing a book as Somizi well knows, being part of that whole process is no joke. Mm. You know, this this took me three years mm. and to actually do this took a lot of work. Yep. And I think it's important that people at least realize that, you know, there was a tremendous amount of work that went into doing an, a, a book and an album at the same time. Mm. Who should buy that book? I think young South Africans who feel disillusioned, who feel mm. disappointed, who feel like they've been left out should really buy this book because I want them to use it as a weapon. I mm. want them to use it as a reference guide for everything that's happening. The, the news cycle is so fast mm. that we're swimming in all this information. Sure. You need a guide that can take you through the 10 most important issues so you can understand what's happening around you. Why is it, in your humble opinion, do you think it is that young people are still voting for old leaders? I think, again, we haven't figured out yet how to present politics to young people so it matters to them. Sure. And the old people have the power, they have the money, mm. and so when you have that... And the, you can, and the nostalgia. Absolutely, and you can, you can take... You can, <laughs> <laughs> well, you should read Chapter 7, which is the myth that, that we were liberated by the ANC. Mm. Mm. Um, what, but is, what does the chapter say in a, in a the, nutshell? The chapter says, look, um, firstly, we're not fully liberated. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you look at the ANC's early history... It was rooted in as much in conservatism as radicalism. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, we, the people, liberated ourselves. The ANC was a, a vehicle at one point, and at other points, it's been a vehicle for oppression. Mm. So I'm so glad Soka lost him. 
You know? I am so <laughs> sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I was about to say, you played for Land of Pirates. Yeah, I played for the Academy. Yeah. Um, when I was wow. when I was a youngster, this and then, young man, and then, and then <laughs> what happened? I'm glad. <laughs> no. you know, yeah. I, could, I could watch him talk forever. Yeah. And, and, but also, mm. I was listening to Angie speaking. Ne? Yes. Mm. How Angie speaks and how he speaks. Ne? It's a female and a male version. Yes, like also in terms of brains and everything. That's and why I, I look- feel. I feel like an archer in a croissant. Sitting in the middle, you're like, Guys, I looked at him and I thought he could have been my son actually when he walked in here. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Caesar, yeah. listen, man, uh, congratulations on the book. Um, I'd so recommend much. every young South African get this book. It's a wow. good read. It'll Appreciate open it. your mind. Um, mm. I think a lot of young people have stopped thinking critically. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time you stop being a sheep yes. and start thinking Amen. and start looking at your life. Uh, through your own mind and your mm-hmm. own brain, mm-hmm. not whatever other people are narrating and Absolutely. trying to set as a narrative. Absolutely. So, so big up, uh, you're an inspiration, young man. Big ups to and, you. Uh, thank you so much. The fact much. that you've been married for six years and you're not even wow. 29 yet, yes. <laughs> that is quite an inspiration. And I look and I look 12 at all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she came and said, uh, May I adopt you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say the Mpofu's age well. Oh. Exactly. Caesar, congratulations <laughs> and big up, my brother. Thanks uh, so much. Get the book, get the Thank CD. Like I said, great listening, great reading. Ladies and gentlemen, Caesar Mpofu Walsh.